0: TED Audio Collective. I'm a trustee at the K-12 school I went to growing up, which means that I'm involved in a lot of the decisions that are made about the school today. Recently, we were discussing some renovations to our building, and the head of the school said something that stuck with me. She said, I don't want a library where kids can't open the windows. I don't want this to be an all-air-conditioned building, Kids need fresh air. And it's true. Kids do need fresh air. We all do. Getting fresh air throughout the day, especially when you're in nature or in urban green spaces, can benefit our mental health and can even help us reduce anxiety and stress. It turns out the idea of giving students access to sunlight and fresh air was a priority for my school way back in 1929 when it moved to its current location in New York City. The school's original location was on Park Avenue, which was becoming more and more congested with the construction of the Queensboro Bridge and new high-rise buildings nearby. The air was thick with car exhaust, and the tall new buildings were blocking the sunlight. Light and fresh air were so important to my school that they picked up and moved to be able to have access to it. But how many of us actually work in office spaces that prioritize nature in a way that can help employees and maybe our environment, too? I'm and Akinola. This is TED Business. Being outdoors, in nature, getting fresh air can be good for our mental health. And fresh air can play a part in keeping us cool in a less costly and far more sustainable way than relying on huge AC units when we're inside. And this is the perspective of our speaker today, Rachel Kite. She's a sustainable development activist who spends a lot of time thinking about alternative energies. In this talk, she shares a few ways we can redesign our infrastructure for cooling at work that doesn't harm the environment. Then after the talk, I'll share a few ideas on how we as individuals can bring sustainable cooling into our lives as well. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending, in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends, then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes, buy all the stocks in a theme as is, or customize to better fit your investing goals, all in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice, or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, Ted Business listeners. We're supported by
1: our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox, exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
2: This summer, I was visiting family in England. There was a heat wave. It was hot and it was humid. There was very little breeze. The temperature was hovering around 29 degrees centigrade for days on end, and the nights were not much better. In our little bungalow, there was nowhere to get cool. We had one fan sort of moving hot air around. I was worried for my mum, heat can send your heart rate all the way up. The only place to get cool, the only relief, was at the supermarket in town, standing in front of the chiller cabinets. <laughs> in 2021, extreme heat has captured the headlines on every continent. And globally, in July, surface temperatures were the highest recorded since records began in 1880. 1880. The problem is that the way we cool things down is heating the planet even more. Today's air conditioning is energy inefficient, depends on polluting refrigerants such as hydrofluorocarbons, and many traditional cooling technologies waste heat. I'm sure you've had that experience of walking in an alley behind a convenience store and feeling that blast of hot air on your face coming from the chillers inside. And the demand for cooling is going up. The International Energy Agency estimates that by 2050, today's two billion air conditioners will have multiplied to more than 5.5 billion. And think about this. Most households in hot countries have not bought their first air conditioner yet. I've worked on sustainable energy for many years in different ways on energy access in the Sahel to coal chains in East Africa to financing large-scale energy infrastructure projects around the world and to getting access to cooling in low-income communities in the UK and the US. I've always focused on the twin problems of sustainability and fairness. I think cooling gets at the heart of these challenges. Why? Well, because most wealthy people can stay cool. They often live in wealthy leafy suburbs with an air conditioner and a generator out back, and they have cool offices, cool schools and hospitals. But many people on low income live and work in urban concrete jungles void of green space and shade, or live in rural areas well beyond the coal chains needed for produce and vaccines. These people's quest for sustainable energy for cooling, for comfort, for a cold chain, for a healthy diet or a better health care can drive a virtuous circle where we can provide cooling for everyone without warming the planet. Entrepreneurs with new technologies are emerging everywhere. Framework agreements guiding government action are in place. And there are big and new commitments being made. The solutions go well beyond just fixing air conditioning. The solutions range from city design to architecture, from building materials to appliances, from geoengineering to green roofs. The solutions can be high-tech, they can be low-tech. And there are four areas of promise, four areas where solutions could be transformative if we step up to the plate, prioritise, regulate and invest. We'll go through them one by one. First, we need to build and design differently for cooling. For the last 70 years or more, air conditioning has driven building design. We need to change that, and we need to move away from hermetically sealed concrete and glass boxes where you can switch on an air conditioner, but you cannot open the window. You know, it doesn't have to be a window rattler as a solution. District cooling can provide cooling solutions for building complexes by running water through insulated pipes. And in Denmark, better known for its wind and its rain, district cooling provides with a combination of heat pumps, wastewater and groundwater cooling solutions for offices and homes. And we can make roofs cool too. The race is on for the brightest, whitest paint that reflects 98% of sunlight that hits its surface much better than the 80 to 90% we achieve today. And if not white, then green. Green because they're planted with gardens and vegetables, also contributing to the food that has to come from urban farming. Roofing materials matter too. In India, modular roofing panels made from paper and waste wood can reduce the temperatures by up to 10 degrees centigrade in the homes below. And we can change windows too. In the European Union solar-controlled glass is available that provides high-daylight transmission, thermal insulation, transparency and low reflection. Second, we need to make cooling hyper-efficient. In the developed world, if you buy a high-end air conditioner today, it's probably 25 to 50% more efficient than anything you could have bought 10 years ago. Now... We need every air conditioner for sale everywhere to be at least 50 percent more efficient than the most efficient air conditioner on the market today. It helps if we think of energy efficiency as our first fuel. That's not the priority we give it in policy. We need much more of our economic activity to be covered by energy efficiency standards that are much tougher than today's. Radical efficiency is important for heating, too. Heating accounts for most emissions from building, but emissions from cooling are the fastest rising. So we need much more synergy between heating and cooling. Remember the alley behind the convenience store? High-efficiency energy pumps will be solutions for both. Third, we need our air conditioning to be hydrofluorocarbon or HFC-free. In 2016, governments agreed to phase down the production and the consumption of polluting HFCs, a refrigerant that accelerates global warming. That agreement, the Kigali Amendment, is now ratified by 125 countries and the European Union, including China, the largest producer of air conditioning. India, a growing producer and a big consumer, has agreed to follow suit. And while not a party to the agreement yet the United States announced in September 2021 a new regulation that would insist that US manufacturers reduce HFCs by 85% in the next 15 years. Now, what's interesting is that there are existing um, emissions-free, non-polluting technologies on the market today ready to go to scale, including membrane technologies that can both cool and dehumidify air without using compressors or refrigerants. So the Kigali amendment, together with a ban on the export and import of illegal HFCs, could make a real difference and grow that market fast. And fourth, we need cold chains for food, medicines, especially vaccines, for everyone. Distributing vaccines along a secure cold chain to reach the most vulnerable is essential. Solar non-toxic vaccine refrigerators, cold boxes and carriers operating on off-grid energy are increasingly on order. And mobile cold storage units that run on solar convert energy into ice. And so when the sun goes down, that ice can be used to keep temperatures steady and cool. And using Bluetooth technology... Even in areas where there is no energy access, we can monitor all the way along the cold chain to guarantee safety. And using drones, we can shorten the cold chain. Today, change is often portrayed as expensive or scary. But you can see that there's nothing scary about living in a community designed for cool, where affordable, efficient, non-toxic air conditioning and refrigerators run on clean energy, on and off the grid, and in a community where farmers get more income because more of their produce gets to market, and everyone rests easier, knowing that their vaccines are safely stored in the clinic, a clinic which, with a different roof and different glass in the windows, is safer for the nurse to work in. What is scary is that we are not having enough conversations in enough places and driving enough investment into affordable, non-polluting, efficient solutions for cooling for everyone on this warming planet. Scientists are seeing that animals, especially birds, are beginning to shape-shift to adapt to climate change. As their environments get hotter, so their ears are growing and their beaks are growing to help them cool down. Now, our species is not shapeshifting yet, nor do I think bigger ears will help. (laughs) But we can shapeshift our cities and our towns, and we can change the way that we cool ourselves down, and we can change the way that we keep our medicines and food safe. Thank you.
3: Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is a lot of things. Odoo is award-winning management software. Odoo is total control of your entire company in one place. Odoo is a suite of fully integrated applications for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. Basically, Odoo is what your business needs to succeed. So if you're ready to get more done in less time, Visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, business management made simple. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better-than-ever Go 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more.
0: I love what Rachel said at the end of her talk about shape-shifting. We've got to be adaptable and open to creative solutions in order to solve some of these big climate problems on our hands. Rachel talked about several ways big businesses or governments can shape shift. Things like rethinking building design, developing more sustainable and efficient air conditioners, and creating cold chains. But there are also ways we can shape shift as individuals. Look, I'm one of those people who is always cold. The minute I turn on the AC, I'm freezing. Doesn't matter how much I try to regulate or get it to the right temperature, I'm cold. But on those super hot days, I'll walk into the house and immediately flip on the A.C. I don't even pause to think about, uh, should I open the window? So now I'm going to try to change that habit. But we all know habits can be hard to change. So I might need to put a sticky note right next to my A.C. control saying, open the window. Another thing I'm bad at that can help cool me down on a hot day? Staying hydrated. We all know the popular advice to drink eight cups of water a day. And maybe you've even heard the new one. Drink half of your body weight in ounces. Whatever metric you use to stay hydrated, make sure you drink your liquids, open that window, and stay away from those AC controls. And also, be mindful of the appliances you use in your home. Big kitchen appliances like that stove and dishwasher heat up our homes, trapping warm air inside. So in those warmer summer months, try using a crock pot or an air fryer, smaller appliances that are less likely to trap warm air inside. Finally, let's not forget about the power of the collective in saving our planet. Shape shifting in your apartment or office building could mean getting a few neighbors together to advocate for a green roof in your apartment complex or designating a no-AC day with your colleagues. The point is, there's so much more we could do proactively to cool ourselves down, and all it takes is noticing our day-to-day habits and making an effort to change them. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Transmitter Media with help from Jordan Bailey and fact-checked by Matias Salas. And special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hajim, and Colin Helms. I'm Madhupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week.